Welcome to the Beyond Barriers podcast. If you're an ambitious woman who wants to advance in leadership, then this podcast is for you. This podcast is co-hosted by Nikki Barua, digital innovator, serial entrepreneur, author, and speaker, and Monique Marquez, senior corporate leader, ex-Googler, and diversity expert. From inspiring stories to cutting-edge strategies, you'll learn how to develop the skill set, mindset, and tool set to get future-ready fast and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Who loves to hear feedback? Most of us cringe the moment they hear someone has feedback for them. However, Mary Preschlack, Senior Managing Director, Partner, and Head of Investment Research for Wellington Management, is one of the few people I've met who equates feedback to being a gift. Mary has always been direct with giving feedback since she was a little girl, and she appreciates the same from others. She believes feedback is a valuable gift and uses it to better herself. That built Mary's character and made her an impactful leader. Mary also isn't afraid to ask others for help. She believes she can gain something from anyone she meets and has all kinds of mentors who teach her valuable lessons. Join us on this podcast as we listen to Mary's stories about authenticity and building great relationships and a solid, supportive community. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com, where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Mary. Welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are thrilled to have you here. And I'm excited to learn a little bit about your background because you are definitely in a space and in roles where there are few women um, and very male dominated, but you've figured out how to be successful and lead a very, you know, fulfilling and successful career. So can you tell us a little bit about your story, how you found your way into, you know, the, you know, just financial world and, you know, what led you on that journey and how did you land in the role that you are in right now? Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It's um, great to be a part of the podcast. Um, I guess I guess I'll just start with um, a, a belief that I have, and and that is feedback is a gift. Um, mm, yes. Uh, life is anything but linear, and we're constantly getting feedback throughout life on what's working and what's not. Um, so I, what what you'll see throughout my journey is I pay really close attention to all forms of feedback, how my body is reacting, friends, family strangers to things that are happening at work. Mm -hmm. Um, They all help me grow as a a person. So my simple story is I'm I'm a girl from New Jersey. I had a dream of playing division one field hockey Mm, (laughs) in in college that that led me to uh, my alma mater, which is Rutgers University, Mm -hmm. where I met my best friend, who's my husband today. Mm. Um, And I built unbelievable friendships. But in the summer of my junior year in college, I had an internship and that really opened me up to the world of asset management. And from that mm. moment, I had this, um, this aspiration to become a fundamental equity investor. Um, coincidentally, shortly after I graduated, my family moved up to Boston and I decided mm. that that was where I needed to go. Um, so I followed them to uh, Boston, which is where I eventually got my start in in the financial services uh, business, and led me to Wellington. 
But mm. but there are a couple of things that are, are interesting. You know, I thought I had an idea of what it was I wanted to do. I thought that's mm-hmm. what I was doing when I was in that summer internship when I was a junior in college. And and uh-huh. where I ended up, where I started, was was really far away from where I ultimately wanted to be. Mm. And um, and that's where I um, spent a fair bit of time really making sure that I was in an organization that was going to open up opportunities for me that would help me grow and develop. Um, so I didn't start where I wanted to, but but it was a, a great place for me to start and, and really put me on my path to um, to where I am today. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. add just a couple of other points if you'll allow me. Um, yes, I'm I'm the youngest of three girls. Mm-hmm. And so that really taught me the importance of always striving for more. Mm-hmm. My parents always worked more than one job. And so that taught me the importance of having a, a really strong work ethic. I went to a boarding school in Southern Connecticut and um, I didn't appreciate it at the time, but that mm-hmm. taught okay. me how to be comfortable being different. Mm-hmm. And I grew mm-hmm. up playing team sports and that that really shared with me the fact that the, the reality is sometimes you can work hard, but you don't always win. Mm. And that it's really hard for you to do everything on your own, that there's a team around you to help you be successful. Right. That's fantastic. And I love your story where you talked about, you know, where you ultimately wanted to be, you know, the first job you had wasn't quite it. But what's important is that you had kind of, you said you had a path, you had the clarity of where you wanted to be. So you had that North Star. And I think, you know, what I hear and what I'm deducing and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you had the opportunity. So you went to this organization. It wasn't quite the role that you wanted, but you knew that that would lead you in that direction, right? Yes. And so you... Yeah, exactly. So, and and I think that's so important. Clarity is so important because I think sometimes, um, you know, a lot of the women that I coach and mentor, they don't really put in that think time around what is it that you, you know, what is that North Star? And then they get tapped on the shoulder like, oh, you should do this role. You should do that role. You should go here. You should go there. And they kind of follow along, but they don't have that initial North Star. So then when they look up one day, they're like, how did I end up here? It's not where I wanted to be. Yeah. I think that is super important. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, like you said, originally you wanted to go and play hockey and then you had this internship and it opened your eyes to some opportunities and another world. Um, and then you kind of had your your mark on where you wanted to land. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how you went digging a little deeper for that clarity on the career path and understanding maybe your strengths and the purpose, the what what it is that you enjoyed and why it led you that way? Yeah, well, I guess I'll start by saying that um, you know clarity comes over time, mm-hmm. and um, in the moment it felt about as clear as mud, right? <laughs> and it's it's hard it's hard to let go of something that that you feel so strongly about. And mm-hmm. the first thing for me was really about letting go. Mm-hmm. And in order for me to do that, I had to I had to work for an organization, try to identify an organization that was philosophically aligned with me. 
Mm, and, and so yes. what do I mean by that? I, I wanted to work with people that were going to help me grow, that were going to help me learn, um, that were going to um, give me lots of opportunities. Because I realized that this was, this was really my first big lesson that I thought I knew what I wanted to do. And when I got into this job, I really realized that I want to be a fundamental, I want to be a fundamental equity investor. And I worked for the largest index fund in the world. And mm. so that contradiction was so clear to me. And I and and the realization was, I don't know it all. And so so I wanted to take a step back. I wanted to lean on the organization, be in a part of the organization that that was a feeder for the rest of the firm mm-hmm. and trust that if I worked hard, if I was listening and I was was learning, that I would be that I would be able to find different opportunities that would help me eventually get to my role. Mm-hmm. Um, so so that so I, I'd start with that by by really letting go in those early days. It enabled me to see more clearly Mm -hmm. through the eyes of others who had more experience what what a path could look like. Um, The other thing I'll just add is I um, when I when I came to Wellington, um, there was a point at time in my career where I had the opportunity to spend um, spend two years in London on an expat assignment. Mm -hmm. And that was another really pivotal moment for me, because that's where I first thought that, you know what, I might actually want to go into leadership. I might mm-hmm. want to go into management. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until that point in time where I saw myself in a different role, potentially saw myself in a different role. So when I ended up coming back to, to Boston from that, that London expat assignment, um, again, I, the, these doors were opened up to me because I had opened up my thinking um, around what the opportunities were. Mm. I think that is such an important point that you made in terms of, you know, in hindsight, you realize that the, the opportunity in London was a pivotal role. But in that moment, you know, there's a level of uncertainty. There's a level of fear of like, I'm going to leave what I'm co- where I'm comfortable. I'm going to leave my home, uh, my, you know, a family. Um, and I'm going to go to London and do uh, this opportunity. What helped you like... Over, did you have any fears, any uncertainty, and what helped you kind of push through that and say yes and just take the opportunity? Well, the 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 irony of this is that I was um, I absolutely wanted to go to London. It had been a dream of mine for so long, and when the opportunity presented itself, I I I would argue that it wasn't the right time for my family, mm. um, and so my daughter was just entering high school. Um, and so it was a really important time for her. So we had as a family, a, a decision that we needed to make as to whether or not and how we were going to approach that. Um, but, but I, I guess this idea of really not giving up on your dreams, um, mm-hmm. was kept playing over and over in my head. And I, and I didn't think about, I didn't think about the challenges that I would be presented with because I was so excited just about the opportunity that right. when I ended up getting to London, um, I'd been visiting there for, for over a decade. Mm-hmm. I, I would have said to you before I went that London felt like home. But when I got there and I was living there, um, it's a little bit embarrassing. But I have to admit that I've, I experienced a little bit of culture shock. There, there mm, are some things that yes. are slightly different that, again, this idea of opening yourself up to other people's perspectives, um, 
I, I had to learn that in the first six months to really then appreciate and embrace that experience. Mm. That's that's so insightful in terms of, I think people, you know, they, I guess, underestimate the amount of culture shock that you can experience. And because you're like, oh, well, this is a country where they speak English, we can understand one another, whatever it is. Um, but you get there and you realize that, there are subtle nuances that are significant, right? Significant in the way that they do business or that that can impact. Um, can you talk a little bit about like, you know, and sometimes when those things happen, it's, you know, we do something where is embarrassing or we stick our foot in our mouth or we make some sort of mistake or, or fail, flat, fall flat on our face, right? Can you talk a little bit about like, you know, when you did have kind of those moments of like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that or what you would consider a failure or a setback. How did you overcome that? How did you handle that situation? Yeah. I mean, I think this is really, it's a really challenging and tricky topic because um, Mm -hmm. I start from the position of really trying to, now I I can say this after many decades of of experience, um, but I'm really trying to reframe Mm -hmm. how I define failure. Mm. Um, And I think, I think the first step for me is 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 reframing it because that word failure in and of itself it feels so heavy it takes on a different mm-hmm. life of its own has a negative connotation that we immediately put to it yeah i mean if you look it up in the dictionary it's like lack of success like uh-huh. okay like, <laughs> um and so so it and, and then if you personalize it like i did something i i put my foot in my mouth like then you personalize mm-hmm. it, it it gets even heavier so 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 how do i think about um, overcoming this, um, I do try to really think about. Um, I try to take things in small bites. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do a lot of self reflection. Um, self reflection is both a blessing and a curse because you can always find ways that you could say something better or differently. Right. Mm-hmm. And I and I really try to keep everything in context and perspective. And so. Um, if I've offended somebody, I want to apologize. I want people to know what my intention is. Um, and if it's just a life lesson for me, then I really want to make sure that I'm being fair to myself right. and um, and not expecting some form of perfection when when being perfectly imperfect is okay sometimes. Right. Absolutely. And I love that perfectly imperfect um, <laughs> because we can get lost in the perfectionism, right? Every time we're trying to perfect something, Ironically, what people don't realize is that we tend to procrastinate when we're trying to make something perfect, right? Or we don't, we hold out until we think it's like absolutely like perfect. And other people see it as like, you know, it took you too long. You couldn't decide whatever that was. So uh, I love that you're embracing perfectly perfect. And I agree with you 100% that we have to reframe the way that we um, associate failure with negativity. So I like to say to me, failure is learning. It's a, it's a teachable moment, right? And that you can learn lessons from it. You said something. Yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say that that's a great point. And that goes back to the the first thing we were talking about where, where feedback is a gift. Yes. And so failure is a form of feedback and, and you, I, I, I want to, approach it from an embracing perspective Mm -hmm. rather than it's a punishment or you've done something wrong. 
And we were going to that same point. You you had mentioned earlier how feedback is a gift. And feedback is something also that a lot of the women and we coach and mentor cringe when they hear the word feedback, but not realizing that part of the reason we get held back or that we fall back is because we're not getting that candid feedback in order to grow. Um, and so, what I challenge women all the time is that, you know, we ask for feedback and then we leave it at face value when someone says, oh, no, great job, you did a great job, keep doing what you're doing. And we leave it at that, but we're not given anything to build upon, no constructive feedback to build upon. So, what would you say about? constantly seeking out feedback. And I loved what you said earlier, how feedback isn't just like oral feedback, feedback coming from a person, but you're like, I listen to the feedback my body's giving me, you know, you know, I'm watching other people's reactions. Talk about feedback, the way that you've learned to leverage feedback and how you ask for feedback when you're not getting it. Yeah. Um, so, I am, I am a, a very direct person. It, it's been a part of my, my, just my DNA, if you mm-hmm. will, from the earliest, um, earliest of days that I can remember. And so, um, so for me, there was this idea um, of, I, I owe it to you to be direct about what I'm experiencing and what I'm feeling. And mm-hmm. what I didn't realize in those early days when you're talking to a friend about how you've experienced something and how it impacted you, sometimes people can't handle feedback as directly as I was right. able and willing to give it. So the first thing for me is just really appreciating that 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 there are many differences in how people um, how people receive and give feedback. And it's mm-hmm. really important to try to understand those nuances and everybody that I would say is in your circle of trust um, that, that you want as a confidant to, to really help you get better every day. So that's that was sort of lesson number one for me. So being direct for me and giving feedback wasn't hard, but what was hard is seeing people not be able to appreciate it and embrace it because of how I was delivering it. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to I've tried to modulate my approach there. Mm-hmm. But then to the point that you asked, you know, um, as you get as you as you grow in an organization, the, the further up you get, the less feedback you're going to receive. Mm. And and so just because it's not landing on your desk doesn't mean it doesn't exist. And you do right. have to go out and you do have to fish for it. And so um, I have found, um, I, have a, I have a small circle of truth tellers. Mm. And these are people that I rely heavily on to, to be as candid and open and honest with what's working and what's not working. Mm-hmm. And that, that circle evolves. It's not a static group. And it evolves mm-hmm. based upon what are the things that I'm experiencing and going through, whether it's career or personal, mm-hmm. to really make sure that I'm holding myself accountable to this idea of constantly growing and developing. But asking a group of people you trust, people mm-hmm. that you know whose intentions are good, is, is, is the most comfortable place I am in asking for feedback. Mm, I love that. And I love that you said truth tellers, because I tell people like, it's great to have a you know, network or mentors or people who are surrounding you that are lifting you up and patting you on the back and cheering you along. But it's so important to embrace the truth tellers. And sometimes the truth tellers are the people that maybe you don't like so much because they are the truth tellers, but they're the ones you're going to grow from the most. 
I think that is so, so important that you shared that, which leads me to the, the, you know, the question you said you had, you had a small circle of truth tellers. And so thinking about that, that broader community that helps you learn and that you lean on to, you know, help maybe get things done for yourself. Can you talk a little bit about the power of community and how you ask or how you enlist your, you know, your community to help you um, in your career. Because what I have found is that many women have huge, they have lots of networks, lots of connections. Um, They may leverage them on for some personal things, but they aren't really leveraging their community in their career, like asking for, you know, for help building a competency or whatever it may be. Can you talk a little bit about community and how you leverage it? Because it seems like you're doing it with, you know, making sure you're getting that candid feedback and the truth tellers. How do you develop that network or that circle of people around you? Yeah, well, I'd, I'd say I think that there, there's a couple of um, dimensions I think are important to touch on. The first, I would say, is in any relationship, um, it, it's it's really important that it that it's a two-way street mm-hmm. and, and they take time to build. And the right. only way that you can build strong relationships is by being authentic and being willing to, to be vulnerable with them. Mm-hmm. So I, I remember when I first started at at Wellington, um, I was a global industry analyst. I was responsible for investing in um, property, casualty, insurance, um, mm-hmm. equity stocks, and um, and I, when I was given the opportunity to manage clients on uh, manage money on our clients' behalf, I remember before I had that opportunity, I spent a lot of time with a peer of mine. Um, on the on the finance team, mm-hmm. and just asking her for a lot of, I'd ask her a ton of questions, and then I'd ask her to ask me a lot of questions. She didn't have overlap with what I did. I mean, mm-hmm. she was in financials, but she didn't know all the nuances of insurance. But but having somebody with an unbiased perspective that was outside of what I was doing provide that kind of context really helped me get better. Yes. And so so I. So the the I guess the point of that is um, a you know you you do have to find people that are willing to to devote the time to a relationship mm-hmm. and it it is for me I've found asking for help not being afraid to just ask for help yes. um, is the first and and really important step because most people do want to help and and I I grew tremendously through through that experience. Um, And that taught me it's okay to ask for help. Right. Absolutely. And I think that was so important and powerful that you said that asking for help doesn't mean that you're any less smarter or any less, you know, um, capable of doing the job. Um, It's actually smarter because you're going to get it done faster um, rather than spinning your wheels trying to figure it it out on your own. Um, And so I think that's really, really important. And what I what I've deduced from you sharing is that you do leverage your network, but I loved what you said is that that circle doesn't stay the same. That you're intentional on developing relationships that are, you know, the mentors and the people who got you here aren't the ones who are going to get you there. So really being intentional on who it is in that in that circle. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because feedback I get sometimes when I am mentoring or coaching, uh, you know, these younger women, they feel they are like there's a little bit of this 
for lack of a better term, icky factor that I'm being intentional on developing a relationship for this purpose. And I tell them that's the furthest thing from the truth. I mean, it doesn't mean it has to be a shallow relationship, but talk a little bit about how you do that because you've been very successful, it sounds, in that regard. Um, how, like, it, tell me, how does that land on you? How does that resonate, that, that comment? Yeah, it's funny because I, I do think that, you know, we, we try to set up mentor relationships um, to help people when they're, when they're new to, um, to our firm. And, um, and sometimes those work and sometimes they don't. But, right. but to your point, there's an intention behind it. If, if we want somebody to um, learn how to um, interact more with the portfolio managers at the firm, then we, we want them to have a specific person to help them with that perspective. Mm-hmm. So, so there is an intentional element to, to mentorships. What I have found over time is when I've been assigned mentors, some of them have worked and some of them haven't. Mm-hmm. What I try to do when I'm interacting with people, whether it's at work or in, in my personal life, it's really trying to understand where there is commonality. Mm-hmm. And once you find a, a common something that, that is similar between right. us, it does change the nature of the relationship. And so right. for me, I do look for common points of interest, common experiences as a way to form and build different relationships that, um, that I, I, don't, I don't have clarity on where they're going to end or if these, mm-hmm. if these individuals will be my, my, in my circle of truth tellers. But what I'm certain of is that I'm building deep and strong relationships. That's important. And I think what I've also heard from you is that this is something you've continuously done throughout your career. And I find it fascinating that, you know, you've done an excellent job where it sounds like you are constantly also seeking out mentors, even though you are super seasoned and successful, you're always seeking out that next level person that's going to help you, which I think is so important because research has shown, and even through the women that, you know, we work with, once we get to a certain point and we start mentoring other people, a lot of the times we forget to continue getting mentored ourselves. So, can you talk a little bit about that? Um, of you know how it's successful you've been because you keep like kind of keeping that circle fresh. So, I, I think it's it's really important that um, that you not think about this is something that I, I struggled with because I didn't want people to think that I was building these relationships for for a purpose that can often mm-hmm. be termed as being political. Yes. Um, what I what I was doing, what I what I was intending to do was really focused not on not on being political, but on on making sure that I was continuing to learn and grow and benefit from those that have experience around me so mm-hmm. I could help the firm and 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 others around me get better as well. And importantly, give it back, right? So mm-hmm. my circle um, continues to grow and and there are different people in the circle that have that bring something different to me. Mm-hmm. For, for like, I'll have, I've got a really good friend who helps me think about taking risk. I've got a really good friend who helps me think about the pros and cons of, of, of making a decision. And mm-hmm. again, my friendships aren't deliberate for those purposes. But what I found is I'm leveraging what they're strong at to help me get better at, at that as well. I love that. I love where it's, 
you have done enough kind of self-introspection to know what your strengths are. And then you're leveraging others in this in the places that maybe your strength or, you know, isn't as um, developed or honed in. So you're really tapping them for those. I think that is phenomenal. And I think it's phenomenal in that you are realizing you don't have to do it all alone and that you're better in, you know, in getting that, you know, insight from somebody else and you get it done faster and you end up coming out with better solutions. What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age, so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to imbeyondbarriers.com slash quiz and take the quiz today. Now, can I ask, you know, one question, because you do work in a very male-dominated industry, and a lot of the times we have individuals um, who fall into this trap of that the only people who can mentor them or only people who can coach them are people who look like them, so looking for other female mentors or whatnot. So, can you just share, like, in your career, have all of your mentors been female only, or have they run the gamut? Oh, yeah, that's a great question. They have run the gamut. Um, and, and I do feel fortunate in, in that regard. I have had um, some really great male mentorships mm-hmm. um, that, that have helped me. Uh, there's one in particular. I remember um, as an analyst, I, was, I, I do a lot of deep dive analysis and analytical mm-hmm. work on companies. Mm-hmm. And um, this particular individual had had um had had a particular style which was more mm-hmm. growth than than what I was used to experiencing covering insurance mm-hmm. and and through that mentorship they really helped me broaden the types of companies that I was able to look at that's a different mm-hmm. kind of of mentorship so i think you can learn from everybody there's mm-hmm. something yes. that we can learn from everybody so i've had both i've all kinds of, of mentorship types of relationships. And I think that that's key. You touched on this before. Um, there's something that we can learn from everybody and, and all of these different and diverse perspectives make, make us better. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I could talk to you forever. Thank you so much. Um, so I want to be respectful of time. So we'll have to close out the conversation, but um, we're two. One of my, my actual, my favorite part of the, of the interview is the lightning round questions. Cause I feel they um, reveal some things about people that we may not have gleaned otherwise throughout the conversation. So in my first question, I want to ask you what book has really greatly influenced you? So there's so many great books out there. And the one that's the most recent is a book called Turn the Ship Around. Mm, I love it. I, I've heard of, heard of that. Um, I It was on my short list. I get this list from a, a book club, and that's definitely one of my lists to, to read. Um, what is your favorite inspiring quote or saying? Dance like no one's watching. 
Uh, I love that one. I do that quite a bit. I actually dance when no one's watching <laughs> um, and dance like like you wouldn't want to see. So <laughs> um, what is one word or moniker that you would use to describe yourself? So I have to I have to say that um, it's it's hard to it's hard to to share a word like this about yourself. So I, I did um, ask my family for their perspective, and right. fierce is the great fierce is the word that um, was an agreement of of what would describe me the best. I love it, and sometimes you know what the best monikers or the best nicknames or whatever people refer you are for those around you, because we have our own blind spot and we would call ourselves, describe ourselves in another way. And then somebody else says, oh, no, 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 no. You are fierce. So (laughs) phenomenal. I love it. Live it, own it, embrace it. Um, What is one change, one habit, behavior, action that you implemented at some point in your life that made your life better? I would say uh, running, um, mm. and in particular, running with my daughter. Uh-huh. And uh, if I can say two things, so that yeah. working out and carving out time for myself was was critically important. And the second is making sure I surround myself with the right people. Mm, that's so important because it, it is actually true that I truly believe it, where you are the kind of the average of the five people you surround yourself by. So you have to be intentional. Um, I remember hearing my mom say similar sayings and I'm like, whatever. And, and you know, she's like, don't, you know, you have to pay attention to the crowd that you're hanging out with. And I'm like, you are so right. I totally believe her now. Um And finally, my favorite. So let's say that Fierce Mary is about to walk out on stage. There's thousands of people out in the audience. What is that power song that would be playing as you step foot on that stage? So it's Fly From the Inside by Shinedown. Oh, I love it. (laughs) I'm so excited to pull all of these amazing songs from our guests that we're going to like, we're going to pull together like a quarterly power list of songs. um, And that is going to definitely be on the top of the list. So thank you so much, Mary, for your time. Loved having you here to share your pearls of wisdom. And I want to ask, because I know that every ev- after every episode, we have somebody reaching out who will always say, I loved Mary's story, resonated so much. How do I stay in contact or how do I follow her? So what's the best way for someone to get in contact with you if they so chose to? Sure. So I am on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. So Mary Prishlak, um, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. So feel free to message me there. Or if you'd like, you can um, message me on my email, which is mprishlak at icloud.com. Fantastic. So we'll have that on our website along with your episode when it posts. But thank you again. Really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.